to the mystical realm of things that make you go woo. I'm your host, Emily, also known as Emily and Her Stars, an evolutionary astrologer, psychic medium, an insightful 6-4 projector who specializes in channeling cosmic messages that will unlock the boundless potential within you. When I'm not working with my amazing clients, I'm on a quest to unravel the sacred mysteries and ancient origins of the woo. Join me as we explore the rich tapestry of history, unfolding current events, captivating interviews, and sacred wisdom in the monthly energy reports. Brace yourself because this podcast is all about making you go woo too. Hello, woo listeners, and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited today to welcome Mary Beth Thompson. She is an intuitive and clairvoyant of Soul Shine's intuitive coaching for business and life. Her professional background includes healthcare marketing, freelance writing, as well as serving as a speaker and trainer. But in addition to all of that, Mary Beth also has the ability to hear and see messages from the divine. Some call it the universe, angels, spirits, or intuition. But this is an amazing ability where she weaves this profound message into her coaching sessions. She is a light worker who uses her intuitive abilities to help people define and align their goals and dreams. I am very excited to welcome Mary Beth to today's podcast episode. Hello. Hello, Emily. I'm so grateful to be here. Ah, this is fun. We have become behind the scenes friends (laughs) (laughs) and share a deep devotion and love for Boston Terriers. That is true. (laughs) That is very true. (laughs) We decided, well, I think you really reached out to me. Oh gosh, it's been maybe six weeks ago already. And we were like, we, we just need to be friends. We need to (laughs) get on the steady train here and find out more about each other. So we have sent these beautiful messages back and forth, just sharing life and insights and getting to know one another. So I wanted to bring you on today because I've so enjoyed this conversation with you and I want others to know all about you. (laughs) Well, you are the sweetest. I'm I'm so um, tickled that we have gotten to know each other. It definitely feels like it was aligned from the universe and we have so much in common and I'm I'm just really honored to to be here today with you. Well, thank you. So, tell me a little bit about your connection sort of to spirit and how you first knew you were a medium. So, it all began um as they say, I was in my early 20s and it's so it's so interesting. I'm sure you can relate to this you don't know what you don't know. And you kind of just stumble along the journey. And so for me, I was very, I I guess you could say psychic when I was younger in in high school, I would have premonitions and that happened a lot. So I think that was early signs of what was to come. And so in my early twenties, I was at the gym on the treadmill and Again, I didn't have the language for it back then, but now I know it would would have been clear cognizance where I just had this knowing that my maternal grandfather was with me, literally next to me. And I remember I was reading a magazine and I don't know if it was Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but for some reason, 
um, and I don't know if that was in October or May, but that, that was very relevant at the time. And I just was aware of his spirit presence next to me. And I, and it was so funny looking back. I, I said to him in my mind telepathically, hi, grandpa, how can I help you? <laughs> and for someone I, maybe I suppose who's not a medium that might sound so bizarre and strange, but it was, you can't, it's almost like you can't explain it. I just knew that he was there and I knew he wanted to talk to me. So come to find out I'm clairaudient and clairvoyant. So, so clairaudiently was how I was communicating with him primarily. And he went on to talk about my sister. I have one sister and four brothers, but my sister, he wanted to kind of give her a message about her breast health and that she needed to go get some things looked at and taken care of. He did not give me a sense of overly concerned or anything catastrophic. It was just a concerned message, like almost like poke, poke, poke. It's time. It's time for you to go get your mammogram or, you know, whatever. So I thanked him for the message and I dialed my sister up and I said, I have a very bizarre story for you. Because again, this was the very first time I communicated with, you know, spirit um, through through loved ones. And she was very supportive. She did not think it was weird, which looking back, I think it was so cool of her that she didn't think it was, you know, cuckoo crazy. And she admitted that she was behind her mammogram, that she was slacking on going and getting it done. Fast forward, the story goes that they ended they ended up finding something, um, but it was benign. It wasn't, I think she just had, um, what do they call it? The, the dense breast tissue. And so from that point forward, she's had to get multiple types of screenings just to really make sure she's covered thoroughly. So that was my very first <laughs> experience was with my maternal grandfather who passed away when I was very young. I was only eight years old or so. So oh, I goodness. Yeah, I was very grateful that he made himself very present and had a very um significant message to share and that was the beginning. I that feeling of being able to ask something outside of you a question telepathically made me think of one of my first encounters and it is a feeling of I remember that the spirit was at the foot of my bed and I would just remember saying, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Hi. Thank you. Yep. I'll pass on the message. <laughs> like it, it is this feeling of you just, I don't know that I had never put that together before the feeling of just knowing mm -hmm. that they were going to hear because I was also hearing what they were saying. Right. And not second guessing it. Cause I didn't say those words out loud. Right. Like at right. the treadmill, you were like, hi grandpa. <laughs> yeah. 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 In my, it was all in my mind. Yep. So one thing we've talked about, and I, I think this is a really fascinating conversation is that sometimes there is a uh, stigma is the right word, but there's a feeling in mediumship that you can't connect to your own loved ones. You can only connect to others. And I love that so many of the messages you deliver are family right there with you in your own circle mm -hmm. and that you never second guessed that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that any medium has that ability? I suppose anything's possible. Yeah, I do. I The way that I reconcile it is the fact that A, I very much believe in the power of intention. And my intention is that I can connect with anyone, any, anyone or anything that 
is for my best and highest good and whoever I'm who, whoever on behalf I'm connecting for here earth side. So I think that's extremely powerful. I'm I'm open to it, you know, whereas I feel like there are other mediums and that's their own choice and that's their own um preference that they choose not to communicate with family members or people who they know because they feel like it's um, they know too much or they might be a little bit skewed, which I completely appreciate. That makes perfect sense. Mm. However, I just, I have found in my experience that that is not a problem or a hang up for me. It's, it's undeniable actually um, how, how much information comes through and I just kind of get myself out of the way. That's how I set every session I do is I just ask my guides, my angels, and my loved ones in spirit to help me be a clean slate and start fresh and and just allow me to be, to be the conduit, but to take anything that I might have personal reference to or, or even in my day. You know, if I had a very hectic day with my kids or something was going on, it's like I just hit the reset button and I just am a, am a clean, fresh slate. So yeah, I, I think... To answer your question, I do think it's possible that anyone could if they want to. Mm-hmm. I. It's interesting to me because early in my development, I did get a lot of messages from loved ones and distant family even. And it was something that I think once the seed was planted that maybe I shouldn't or couldn't, that uh-huh. then it developed into that full-fledged, yeah, it's, I just don't do that. Yeah. And having had these conversations with you, I've actually invited them back in closer to mm-hmm. bring me the messages because who else would I want to talk to but my own loved ones? Right. So yeah. I've, I really appreciate your fresh approach to it. And I hope that anyone listening who's maybe had the feeling like, oh, I can't connect to my own. Well, do the reset, be a clean slate. Yeah. Invite messages in. Yeah. And I've shared with you one-on-one that I'm not a trained medium. So I, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't know what I didn't know, which actually has served me very, very well. <laughs> so I, I just have kind of made it my own rules as I've gone along and that's been one of them. And I feel such a privilege and it's such an honor to be able to bring through messages for, for my own family members. When you began getting these messages, was it primarily family or at what point did you say, I guess I'm going to do this for others? Um, Good question. So in the beginning, it was my own loved ones in spirit. Like I mentioned, my grandfather was one. And then slowly but surely, it ended up being my friend's departed loved ones. And then sometimes it would be a friend of a friend. So it was, I would say it was still within my circle, but it, it expanded outside of my family members. And having such a supportive family, you didn't feel like you needed to convince anybody. I mean, your sister was very open from the beginning Yeah, and even your brothers at some level. Yeah. Um, it's funny little by little, everyone, you know, I kind of, I, I, I say the term coming out of the closet just because that's truly how it felt. Honestly. Um, my mother probably has known about it for the longest and I grew up in the Catholic church. So there's a lot of overlap of being so deeply tied to the divine through, you know, talking to your angels, praying to your ascended masters, like Jesus Christ and mother Mary and things like that. But then there's also this other very thin line of, you don't want to cross over into any kind of negative energies or spirits. So, but in any event, 
in, in the comfort and the safety of our own house under our own roof, my mom was very, very happy to receive messages from her mother and her sister and things like that. My brothers, um, my younger brother is an Aries and he's, um, you know, very much analytical and, and intellectual. And so I think he's been just intrigued, I would say, because he just is like, well, I don't know. Like, how does this work? I don't understand. Um, and then my other brothers, um, yeah, some of them have, I haven't had too much. I have a very big family, but, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my, my oldest brother, Bobby, who you and I, I think we'll probably touch on was very, very, very open to it. I wonder do you have a lineage of this? Do you feel like grandparents or anything passed it on? Not that I know of. And I've always been intrigued by that because I've heard that before. And I think that makes total sense. Um, So not to my knowledge. However, my mother sometimes will say things that she'll hear clear audiently. Now she's not, she's not experiencing it through the lens that I'm experiencing it. Hers is through prayer. Um, and hearing it, but she, she, she has told me many times that she's heard this or that, you know, like she's heard the name of my, what my guardian angel's name is, you know? So I do, I do think without her realizing it, that she does have some kind of ability when it comes to having, I call it like the walkie talkie, like two-way dialogue you know, with spirit in a way that feels safe and comfortable for her. Yeah. And she's never even questioned it. Like now come to think of it, I've never thought this through before as she's told me times before where she's heard or, or had this um, message that has come through um, about six years ago, we, she had a pancreatic scare. And, you know, a lot of times when people get that diagnosis, it's, you know, too late, so to speak, because it's so far advanced. And I remember her telling me that, she had, and I think, I think that she believed that she was hearing from, from Jesus, um, but that she was going to be okay. And again, she's telling it to me in my lens of what I, what I would call clear audience, you know, that she heard this message that she was going to be, and she was okay. Um, she ended up not having, it was another issue. Um, so, so I've never, I've never put this together before. I'm like kind of processing it as we're talking right now that I think my mom has a little bit of these abilities but it's not really, there's no label on it. <laughs> and just developed in her own, yeah, in her own yeah, life. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I, I do think there's something to it being past. We were women that didn't talk about it, but we, you know, the term eyes in the back of my head, or I always just knew what the kids were doing. There are definitely mother-child connections, but I also think there's that ability to lean into intuition Mm-hmm. in a way that allows these messages to come through. And it's just how far down that road do you want to take it? Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Your journey to becoming full-time intuitive medium and coach, mm-hmm. how did you land here? Let, tell us a little bit about the, cause I know this story and I love it, Yeah. but I want to share how you wove this incredible direction into wh- where you started, what you went to school for and how you're here. Yes. So um, I went to school to college to be a journalist. I love talking to people. I like understanding why people do what they do. So like sociology was was one of my minors. Um, And I always liked the idea of finding out the story, you know, so that's where the reporter came in. 
And so I worked at a local um, news affiliate in my hometown. And I, again, not knowing that, that there was language for how, how my experiences, it turns out I'm an empath. I didn't know there was a word for that. So working in a newsroom where they say, if it bleeds, it leads, that was very um, difficult to wrap my head around. And I never wanted to become immune to humanity, you know, of people suffering. So after I worked at that news station for a couple of years, I segued into marketing and I spent the last 20 years working in marketing. I, I, without consciously doing it, I, I kind of carved out a niche in healthcare. So I worked a lot with mission-based companies. So lots of nonprofits um, that had a cause that they were working toward. And I, I don't know, I guess it just made me feel good to be able to be like, I was helping. So I was using my skill sets as a marketer and communicator, but it was for a greater good you know? And so over the course of my career, anecdotally, people would say, Mary Beth, you'd make a great life coach. I heard it over and over and over again. And I, I received it as a compliment. It felt like a compliment, like you're a good listener, you give good advice, but it never resonated with me. I kind of just like put it over on the side, like, you know, I'm just going to accept that and, and move on. And then I, I just thinking back again, how tickled I am about the timing of things in 2020 was when I had this awareness come over me that I needed to look into to life coaching. And, you know, of course, I think with the pandemic, all of us in our in our own right went through some kind of self-reflection or analysis. And, and so that's when it happened for me. So I ended up interviewing some life coaches just to kind of get their perspective. And um, I, I was telling you the story about Tony Robbins, and he's you know one of the top life coaches in the whole world. And so my intention was to go to one of his big conferences, the ones that people walk on the the, the hot coals. And you know it was a big investment, big time investment. I had a young baby, uh, a baby at home, and she got sick with a double ear infection. And I thought, nope, there's no way I can leave her. So I was going to reschedule it for the next year, and uh, under their policy, and the pandemic started. So I knew that the universe did not want me to go for some reason. I I was disappointed, but I trusted implicitly that. It was so blatantly obvious that I was being blocked from going. And so what I came to find out was instead of going to that type of life coaching, I would go towards more of a spiritual life coaching, which is exactly what was meant to happen as it turns out. So I ended up getting some certifications through some pretty well-known intuitives, psychics, mediums, and developed my Soul Shines coaching business. I'm just coming up on two years now. And again, that another fun story about trusting our instincts and trusting our intuition was, as I mentioned earlier, I was a closeted medium for 20 years and something came over me about a week before my website was going to go live and I was going to open my proverbial doors. I had this knowing come over me that I was supposed to also offer mediumship sessions and I thought, no, that's not part of the plan. <laughs> not only was I not public with it, really, I also certainly wasn't going to do it for a business, you know? So I just, I was really taken back by that, but I trusted that that inner guidance and it has now become the primary, the primary um, focus of my business. So I do intuitive life coaching for people who are looking for clarity and guidance with whether it's relationships or their business or their, their own spiritual journey. 
Um, and then I also do one-off intuitive life path sessions as well as mediumship sessions. So I kind of have two segments of my business and it's been such a great joy and extremely fulfilling. The fact that you built the entire system for coaching and had that coming at the last possible second, and then to recognize I'm not only announcing this to clients, but kind of to the world, that's a big out of the closet moment. It was, yeah, it was, it was pretty significant. (laughs) Also coming out to my Catholic mother to say, I'm going to be professional medium. And she's like, wait, what? (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was, um, very cathartic for me, quite honestly, to be able to tell my truth and to live my truth. And what the reason I say it's so fulfilling is because I can use my ability to be of service. And that's, and that's really, to be honest with you, why I ended up just going, going along with it was because I thought if I have this ability that I can be a conduit or a catalyst to help people heal and feel comfort, why wouldn't I? touch more people than just my immediate circle. And so that alone going, I guess, again, I'm, I'm processing this as I'm talking, this idea of being mission-based and mission-driven. I think that's what resonated with me was if I could help more people, why wouldn't I? And so that's, that was kind of the the catalyst for me to go, okay. <laughs> I'll do that now. I love this story that spirit knows better than we do and encourages us on the right path. And you have had so many moments, I think, where you've set the intention and allowed the guidance to come in and even had a knowing that it's going to happen and it's going to be fantastic. And I release the pressure of what the outcome needs to look like. Yeah. I think your, my favorite example of this is your Oprah story. (laughs) You saw it with a blog post, I think. Yes, because talk about releasing what the outcome is going to look like and still having the faith. I think that's a big part of it that we don't necessarily talk about in, in that word. We have hope and we manifest and we all these things, but it, it is essentially the faith that it is going to work out and to allow it to unfold as it's going to, we put so many barriers in front of ourselves sometimes of what the outcome needs to look like. Mm-hmm. And I think the Oprah story, if you're okay to share it is a perfect example of releasing the outcome and just knowing that it will work. Yeah. So, um, I, I am a lifelong de- devotee of Oprah Winfrey. I just adore her. She well, is- it was like our after school activity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She, she, I would say she single-handedly shaped me for who I am today because she was the catalyst to drive me to so many other experts and authors in their fields. So she was the person that led me to learn so much like Eckhart Tolle, for example, I always talk about his book, A New Earth and how that changed my, changed my whole life. So I, I owe her a lot. And so I always wanted to meet her and I never got to go to her studio in Chicago back when she had her Oprah Winfrey program. And so it turned out that she was coming to the DC area, which is where I spent most of my um, young adulthood. And um, I, I'm the kind of person that's like, go big or go home. If you're going to do a once in a lifetime thing, 
it's, you know, you just have to, in my, in my opinion, um, really go, go all out. And so I purchased VIP tickets. Um, I went by myself and I just trusted that I was going to, you know, have the best experience that I was meant to have. And also I had never spent that much money on myself before. Um, and I had had a, um, like, I guess they call it like a side gig or, um, uh, like a side hustle. And so this, this extra revenue that I generated supplemented me to have the means to be able to do it. So it was very much a manifesting moment in trusting the universe that, um, this was all divinely guided that I was going to actually see her in person. And so I think it was called her, uh, live your best life tour. And it was absolutely magical. It was everything you would imagine it would be. And I got to see Elizabeth Gilbert, of course, who wrote you pray love and some other beautiful people. So, um, yeah, and then I got to meet some um, lovely people who who I ended up sitting next to, and we kind of bonded because it, it's kind of an outer body experience, <laughs> to be honest with you. And she came down from the stage and you know walked within a few feet of us. So it was um, it was just a really magical journey, and I felt so grateful that I that I trusted that this was all meant to be, and that. Um, and that I deserved it, honestly, that I deserved to have that experience. So I love it. She's been, I would agree, probably single-handedly one of the icons from young adulthood into being, you know, in my early twenties and recognizing not only how she had changed and witnessing that within her and as she started to bring in more and more of these speakers like Eckhart and Elizabeth and so many that she also helped, I think then launch and shape, but she, yeah, I think we will look back um, as a generation. Like we were, we were the Oprah generation. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There, you know, there's something she said, I think in her last episode where she talks about, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but she talks about, how many tens of thousands of people she interviewed and the, the one common denominator that she took away was people, everyone at a core level just wants to know, do you see me? Am I important? You know, if is what does, does what I say matters. And that to me is the essence of this entire walk on life is just, that's all we're really striving to do, even if we don't even consciously realize it. And that's, that's kind of part of my own personality and makeup is, is helping people feel safe and helping them feel validated. And so I just really resonated with that. One of the ways we first connected was through astrology. And I had a, you were so kind and booked a reading with me. And for me, astrology goes back to that, exactly what you're saying, that core essence of wanting to be seen and heard on such a deep level that you feel recognized. I I think it comes for me from a childhood standpoint of just not really fitting in to where my peers were at. I I was pulling Oracle cards at 12 or 13 and just thinking like, why I can't talk to my friends about these things, but that wanting for others to feel seen as deeply as I did is what drives me to continue to do the readings in a way that allows people to feel safe, secure, at ease with their journey. And like you have this blueprint now that says, 
I can release self-judgment. I can walk away from this constant feeling of I'm doing it wrong because somebody else is doing it this way, but this is my gift. These are my inherent traits. And one of the things you reached out to me for, which I will be eternally grateful for is your brother, Bobby. And Allowing me to read his chart was probably one of the greatest gifts I've been given as an astrologist. So I want to thank you for that deeply and um, recognize what a moment that was, I think, for both of us in his journey. So if you're okay sharing a little bit about Bobby, I totally feel him buzzing around yeah, the I moment anyway. Yep, yep. <laughs> Um, so my brother, Bobby is my oldest brother. We have a 13 year age gap and, um, his sun sign is Gemini. I feel like that's worth saying Uh, (laughs) great communicator here, earth side. And, uh, four years ago in May, he was diagnosed with, um, metastatic melanoma to the brain. And, um, so he spent the last four years fighting for his life and, He was in, I don't know if they ever used the word remission, but the 16 brain tumors he had, um, I think he was down to like six or eight and they called them dormant, like, or they weren't active. And so um, that was phenomenal. And then in January of 2023, we received news that one, um, a new brain tumor was active and it had also metastasized to his spine. And that kind of cancer doesn't have a cure. So it was, it was devastating that we knew that he wasn't going to make it out that the second go around. And so, you know, you were asking me earlier about my siblings and my family and what people think about my abilities. And my brother, Bobby was totally into it and thought it was super cool. And, (laughs) um, you know, gave me recommendations of, you know, Oh, you should give our, our aunt Ruby a reading. Um, and so, um, so, so when I reached out to you to, to, to pull his birth chart, it was, he was in hospice at that point. And, um, I, I don't know what compelled me to, to even think about it, but I just thought, gosh, wouldn't, just, wouldn't it be neat to understand the blueprint of his life and, and everything that I've come to learn about birth charts or natal charts. And so, you know, it it's touching how how honored you were to do it because i was so honored that you were will that you were willing to do it and um i don't know i mean i'm i'm newer to astrology in the last couple of years but i now that i know what i know everything makes so much sense and so i think i just thought the juxtaposition of seeing his birth chart at the end of his life was really intriguing and validating, of course, because, you know, as always, it all makes sense. <laughs> so, so yeah, I really, um, will, will always appreciate that, what, that you did that. It was a new lens for me to look at a chart through as well. Um, I've done charts from babies to, um, you know, I've even pulled my grandmother's as close as I can get, not knowing her, um, exact birth time, but she would have been a hundred this year. And, it is interesting to look back through the lens of what someone's challenges were, what they overcame. But for Bobby, I, you had shared what was happening, that he was in hospice. And I just kept getting this pull 
that he is going to be the most amazing communicator for you from the other side. I was like, everything in his chart is like, not only was he great here, but he's going to be phenomenal on the other side. And that there was so much heart, so much attention to family that he was so truly rooted in making sure very much like you are that others were seen and heard and cared for and knew that he was a rock for them in some way. And I kept getting this hit that he was going to be helping you. And I don't know that I said it in the moment that he was going to help you write a book, but it was this very clear message around, um, there's a book titled, um, Oh, what is it? Oh, the afterlife of Billy fingers. Oh, okay. And it's sort of this story where a, an estranged brother passes away and the sister starts downloading messages from him in journals, um, starting just a few days after. And he recounts to her what he's doing on the other side, the, the layers that he's going through. And that book kept coming into my awareness. And I just thought, you know, I, I don't want to it was all still so fresh and he was in hospice. I wasn't willing to really share all of that message with you right away, but he, to me is going to be not only a guide for you, but just an ever present energy that mm-hmm. I think will, you'll have communication with forever. He, he's an amazing spirit. And I, I feel honored to have known him on both sides and some. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so as of the day we're recording this, he has been passed for exactly one month. And I was telling my husband the other day in the, in the car we were driving. And I said to him, this is going to sound so strange. And I, I don't know how, I don't know if I'm going to effectively communicate this and how I'm trying to explain this, but I, I, his presence is so strong and his signs and his communication, it's like I have a, a microphone switch where I can just go bloop and I can just talk to him. And I said, sometimes I forget he's not here in, physically. And I'll see a picture and I'll go, oh my gosh, he's not, he's not here anymore. That's how close I feel to him. It is completely mind blowing to me. And I could tell you dozens and dozens and dozens of stories, all of which in their own right are mind-blowing individually, the stories that have happened since he's passed. So you are spot on that his communication on the other side is extraordinary. And so much so, I'll I'll try to say this without crying, that it's come to my awareness since he's passed that part of my purpose in this lifetime is to be a conduit for his family, for his kids, because he has four kids and his wife, my sister-in-law, that it's almost like this entire journey of mediumship and um, becoming familiar with the language of spirit and understanding how to communicate. All of the last 20 plus years were all for this moment. I just, I'm holding space for that. Mm. (laughs) I can only imagine that your sister-in-law and nephews must at least have some sense of connection to him still in a way that 
is maybe more palpable, more tangible than the feeling of loss that sometimes comes without any more messages, without the additional love that is so ever present from spirit. And there is such a connection I feel between you and Bobby in so many lifetimes Mm. that I really feel that there is a united work um, happening between you two. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. thank, Thank you for that. It's beautiful. And I am excited to see what happens as you continue to talk with him and have him inspire you moving, moving forward. Yeah. I appreciate that. The idea of a microphone flip. I love that. Yeah, no, I I can literally talk to him as if he's right here because, and because he is all the time, but you know, his, his kids having questions or them wanting to hear messages from him. Um, and I'll just say, Hey, is there anything you want to say? And he's, you know, like chatty Kathy. Um, and he's given so many validations, so many, um, Ex, you know, experiences of things that, because, so I, I never mentioned this, we grew up far apart. So he was from New York and I grew up in Virginia. And so I didn't, and we were 13 years apart in age. So I, I just physically was not around him for a long period, you know, for most of my life. And so I'm just not privy to the details of his relationship with his children or different nuances or, you know, inside stories. And so anyways, it's just been beautiful because he's been able to bring through countless validations that I would never know ever in a million years. And it's been, it's been so mind blowing, I think for the children, because it's undeniable the things he's talking about. My niece, Kaylee, um, well, I'll, I'll tell this very quick story. Um, when I was connecting with him recently, um, he, I, I heard a Coldplay song in my head, um, And it's something like, look at the stars, look how they shine for you. And he made, he he showed me in my mind's eye, an image of the two of them looking at the stars. So that was the message was, did you and your dad ever look at, you know, look at the stars together? And, you know, I think he's look at the stars, look how they shine for you. And he was a huge music buff. So it's not surprising. He talks through music too. And she told me, um, Mary Beth, there was one time towards the the end of his life. It was like three weeks before he passed away in hospice at home. And she asked him, dad, do you want me to open the curtains? And she opened the curtains and she goes, oh my God, dad, it looks like this, the sky looks like that, that song by Coldplay called yellow. And she said that was the last time that was actually the last dialogue they ever had with each other before he passed away. Cause at that point his communication declined. And, um, and then she said they used to start, she called it stargazing in their uh, jacuzzi in the summertime, what they would sit in the jacuzzi for hours and look at the stars and, and talk to each other about life. And so, and that's just, I, Emily, I'm telling you, there's dozens and dozens of stories just like that. That is just, I, I just such a beautiful experience to be able to be a part, a small, to play a small part, to give them some comfort to know that th- this is not just all. Um, the idea of saying, oh, our loved ones are still here in spirit. They're with you. No, they they are literally still here communicating with us. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's incredible. I love, we've talked behind the scenes about his love of music and I will 
yeah, I will always think of him when I hear that. I love that story yeah. so much. Yeah. I tell people sometimes when they're curious about where, how close are our loved ones? Why can't they see them? What's, what's the dimension like? And I always liken it to opposite sides of the piece of paper that we have a piece of paper and I can only see one side of it at a time, but the other side is there. It's just out of my perception in some way. And I think to me, that is how I describe spirit around us all the time. It's literally here every moment, just slightly out of our viewpoint, out of our perception. Yeah. That's um, I live for metaphors and that's a beautiful metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Now that we know your ability to communicate, I think runs in the family and this beautiful curiosity, what are you, what are your next steps? What are you working on behind the scenes? So, you know, on the tale of talking about my brother being a guide for me of some kind, um, I do believe he's going to help me write a book. So I have been wanting to write a book for decades and I finally know what my book topic is about. Over the years, I I'd say that I kind of outgrew that topic. They were always nonfiction. They were always like memoir-ish. Um, but I knew that my book now is is actually going to be birthed and that he's going to help me from the other side, you know, with inspiration and, and completing it. Um, so that's what I'm I'm working on now is uh, my book proposal and in getting that all ready to send to publishers and agents and things like that. So the book is about the power of telling the truth. And, uh, you know, as as listeners can uh, only imagine, you know, the journey of coming out as a medium um, and being able to tell my truth about that and live in my own integrity and, you know, kind of unapologetically owning my abilities um, is just one of many, many, many life experiences I've I've gone through where telling the truth or not telling the truth has really shaped my life. And so um, that's when I say that, what I mean is telling ourselves the truth. So looking in the mirror and being honest with ourselves, as well as how we present ourselves to other people in our lives. So that's the framework of the book. It's to kind of help empower people to, to self-reflect and to kind of assess where in their life, maybe they're not telling the truth to themselves or to others and kind of cover every major area of our lives. So our relationships, our mental health, physical health, financial health, how we show up on social media um, and religion and spirituality. So I'm kind of, that's how I'm framing the book is through all the different chapters of our lives. Oh, no pun intended. <laughs> so. Um, so that's, that's been a lifelong dream of mine to birth a book. And, and so, you know, to answer your question, that's, that's what I'm working on over the next six months. Um, additionally, I, while I always, I also see life coaching clients on a regular basis, as well as my intuitive and mediumship clients, I offer workshops, uh, online through zoom every other month. And so my next upcoming workshop will be coming up in November, um, just to give people a taste of some of the topics I've taught in the past. Um, I've taught one about the power of manifesting, how to manifest. I've done kind of a chakras 101 for people who've heard of it, but they don't really understand how they work. I've taught a workshop on uh, angels and spirit guides and kind of what's the difference and how to communicate with them. Um, so those are just a couple of examples of the workshop. So 
if that's something you're interested in learning about, people can just go to my website, um, which is soulshinescoaching.com to see what the November one will be. I love it. You have such an energy and so much, um, so much positivity to share. I think you, the name of your business, Soul Shines, it just radiates out of you. And you are always looking for the most beautiful, uplifting messages that you can share with your clients. And I think every client that comes into your orbit is forever changed. And I am excited to see this book take shape and take form over the next six months and to cheer you on as loud as any other ringleaders and cheerleaders in your circle. I'm very excited to see this, this all happen for you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. You're welcome. One thing I, or two questions I should say, I always ask um, clients and friends that I have on the podcast is I love to know what is your favorite woo object and why? Well, I have it right here in front of me. Um, it's a crystal shocking <laughs> and, um, it's called aura light, um, 23. Have you, have you heard of it before? I have not heard of this Ooh, one. I have super okay. seven, but not aura light. Okay. So it's a pretty rare crystal. Um, it can be found in, um, a certain region of Ontario, Canada. And the reason or light 23 is because it's comprised of 23 different minerals and elements, um, including amethyst, citrine, smoky quartz, hematite, and some other ones. Um, it's known for being great to work with when it comes to um, enhancing your meditation, your psychic intuitive abilities, balancing your chakras. So when I came across this, um, at the crystal shop a couple of years ago, I just knew that it was speaking to me. It was like, take me home. So I hold it in my hand every, every session I do. It's gorgeous. I hope we can have a little picture of it when we yeah. share that. It's so pretty. Yeah. It is beautiful. And I actually did end up getting a second one later that was wrapped. So I wear it, um, you know, as a necklace, but yeah, this is, this is my favorite woo woo object. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Oralite 23. Yes. I'm going to do some research on that one. I have not run across it. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And then this is a fun question, I think, particularly as mediums, <laughs> but I like to distill down what our essence is in some way. And so the question is you've passed from this realm and someone here wants to call your energy back or to talk with you, how, how do they connect with you? What's a way they can call you in? That's, that's a great question. I've never, it, it's never dawned on me and this might sound surprising. I don't know, but I've actually, as even as a medium, I've never thought about the context of me being crossed over and how I would communicate with someone that is a little bit trippy <laughs> for me. Um, but I what a beautiful question to think about. Um, so let's see. I think a couple of things that come to mind is, as you would probably guess, with my business name being Soul Shines Coaching, my logo on purpose is not meant to be seen definitively as a sun or a moon. It could be interpreted as either. So I think um, in this idea of shining, so I'd say one would be seeing the, the, the glimmer from the sun or the moon 
like sun rays coming through a tree, for example, or the moonlight shining down on, on a body of water. So I think that would be one sign or connection they would have with me. Um, another one is I have a deep, deep affinity for hawks. Um, I connect with hawks as like what you would call your spirit animal or power animal. And, um, and I am just deeply have a deep affinity for them. So I think maybe I would also work with hawk energy to, to kind of be a catalyst to say hello to my loved ones here. Love it. Love it. I, hawks are great for messengers. I think not only feathers, but when my grandfather passed, we had um, hawks in the windows over the altar circling. So I love that. I think there's great medicine and in, in hawk energy. Yeah. Part of the reason I love this question is because as a medium, we recognize that when a spirit comes through and brings something for me for a long time, when I pick up grandfather energy, I get a plaid shirt. And then I will tell you the texture, like, is this a cotton? Does it snap? Is it buttoned and thick? And is he outdoors? There's messages there a lot of times from rugged grandfathers and just the type of flannel shirt they bring me. And I know some of that is my own dictionary Mm -hmm. coming forward. But I also think then, you know, is it the scents that come with it? Is it their favorite foods? Is it those childhood memories? And to witness the, the moon's rays or the sun's rays shimmering through natural elements Mm -hmm. brings back your connection to living in an authentic way and recognizing how important every day is and that that is where our soul truly shines. Yeah. I, you know, as a medium, I'm, I'm sure I, I imagine that you've had people's loved ones in spirit come through with certain signs and symbols and things like that. And I, I just personally have a deep affinity for, for nature. Mm-hmm. And to your point, um, that's, that's where I think all of us come together, quite honestly, is being a part of nature and having that oneness. And so I couldn't imagine any, quite, quite frankly, I couldn't imagine any other um, place that I, that I wouldn't want to be a part of and have that kind of be my my segue into, into communicating. So, um, it's hard, it's hard because, you know, as I was thinking and processing this question, I'm like, gosh, there's, there's so many answers, you know, across the board, there's so many possible answers because I'm a writer. That would probably be the more tangible example versus not being something in nature, but I'm, I'm a lifelong writer. I, you know, I say writing is like breathing to me. So I don't exactly know how that would come through, but probably something to do with my handwriting or or coming across some of my writing or something of that nature. <laughs> now that you are two years in to your business and celebrating the next chapters that are unfolding, where do you see yourself in another five or 10 years and, and as this journey unfolds? That's a great question. Um, So because I mostly work with clients one-on-one, whether it's through the intuitive life coaching, which of course we, we do multi multiple sessions together. So it could be, you know, upwards of 10 weeks together working 
Um, and then I, and then I sometimes have like follow-up intuitive sessions with people. But um, my point is, is that I work with one-on-one individuals and then I have my workshops every other month, which are small. I like to keep them small. So they're intimate, but I think in five to 10 years, I would probably be working on my second book, <laughs> uh, if not, if not sooner than that. Um, and trying to reach a broader audience, I, I, I feel like I feel like I could probably see myself speaking on stages, wanting to wanting to have a greater impact on on more people. So kind of like I was telling you earlier, when I decided that I was going to come out of the closet as a medium, it was driven by the fact that if I could be of service and help more people, why wouldn't I? So I, I almost feel like that would be my expansion would be to be able to be of service to more people on a broader platform. So again, whether that's speaking engagements or giving talks or working with larger, larger audiences, whatever, however that looks like. So, so kind of expanding from just one-on-one to, to, to a broader audience. I can't wait to see it unfold. I'm here for it all. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be funny to look back at this episode, you know, down the road and be like, what did, what did we talk about? You know? Oh, okay. So anyone listening that wants to connect with you, how can they find you? So they can find me, of course, on social media. I'm on both Facebook and Instagram at soulshinescoaching. Um, I'm more active on Instagram on a daily basis. I, I like to give content for life coaching hacks and different topics along the intuitive and metaphysical spectrum. Um, I also, of course, have a website, so that's soulshinescoaching.com where people can learn more about my, my, my offerings and of course book a session if they wanted to. And, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on. I've really appreciated this conversation. I love celebrating Bobby and his incredible communication skills in both realms. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what what happens and what transpires in the next few years for you? Well, I'm impressed that we kept it in under an hour, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was afraid this was going to turn into like three hours. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me, Emily. It's just a, a joy and an honor. And I, um, anyone who's listening to this, I don't know if they're already followers of yours or if they stumble across this podcast episode, um, the universe has a lot to learn from you. And I'm, I'm so lucky and grateful that that our paths cross because my like I said my whole life has changed now that I know what I know about astrology so um so that's just my my hat off to you as a very genuine authentic person and you're so you're so talented so I'm I'm honored to be here with you today thank you so much I thank you left me speechless Thank you everyone for listening. And if you want to catch up with Mary Beth, I'll leave all of her connections in the show notes and we will see you next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of things that make you go woo. You can find out more about this episode and how to work with me at emilyandherstars.com or come join the incredible sacred community at thirdeyelibrary.com. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.